Week two, we are starting a prayer movement starting today, 14 days of prayer. Who's going to join me? Why are we calling it 14 days of prayer? Because it doesn't matter what you did yesterday, whether you joined us or not. It all matters about where we're going from here. Uh, Every day in life, if you're not careful, you can look back and think you did a great job and forget where you're going. Uh, And so Jesus said, anyone that puts his hand to the plow and looks back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. People love to pat themselves on the back and think, look how righteous I am in all the things that I've done. We're not going to fall into that trap. We're starting a new one today, man. This is going to be awesome. 14 days. All right. Shut up, Tim. I'm going to, I have three people that I invited to come and read a prayer. Would you guys mind coming uh, right now? Uh, One, two, three. Perfect. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. I'm going to read a few prayers first, and then I'll have you you folks go after me. And um, we have a fan club at church, man. Do you realize this? This is, uh, all right. Hey, uh, I'm going to read a couple of prayers to you that I believe are super powerful. Um, I think prayers are supposed to be powerful. I don't know if you know it, but many people learn prayer through hearing other people's prayers. I can't teach you prayer. Prayer, prayer you, I, I can't say, hey, just say this and it works. It's caught. It's not taught. And so I, I need you to know that like, you've got to have people in your life that you're expressing prayers to. These prayers are powerful. And as you hear some of these prayers that we're about to read to you, you may realize that you have forgotten some of these powerful truths that we're about to pray over you real quick, uh, done by historic leaders in the past. I'm going to start with this here. Um, in all of this, we ask in the name and through the merits of Jesus Christ, thy son and our savior, this was, prayer, this was prayed at our first meeting of Congress in America. Man, how much has changed, huh? thought this is a pretty beautiful one. This is by one of my favorite leaders, Mother Teresa. She said, Dear Jesus, whew, help us spread your fragrance everywhere we go. Flood our souls with your spirit and life and penetrate and possess our whole being that our lives may only be a radiant of yours and then shine through us and be so alive in us. Some Catholic lady said that one in your face. Yep. Is this on? It is on. Yes, sir. All right. It's Brother Chino. Yes. No fan club for Chino. Come on. Give it up for Chino. Woo! Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank I'm you, a fan brother. for sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. This prayer was from John Wesley. Um, I'm sure go check him out. He's a was a great man of God. Mm. So... Um, all right, so it says, um, I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praise for, your, for you or criticize for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. Amen. That's awesome. Brother Chino is leading a connect group here this semester for young adults. And uh, I'd encourage you guys to check it out. I love my brother. Love you, dude. Thank you, sir. Kyle, you're up, man. Uh, This is a a prayer for the church from uh, Martin Luther King, Jr. Oh, God, 
We thank thee for thy church, founded upon thy word, that challenges us to do more than sing and pray, but go out and work as though the very answer to our prayers depended on us and not upon thee. Help us to realize that man was created to shine like the stars and live on through all eternity. Keep us, we pray, in perfect peace. Help us to walk together, pray together, sing together, and live together until that day when all God's children, black, white, red, and yellow, will rejoice in one common band of humanity in the kingdom of our Lord and of our God, we pray. Amen. Amen. It's awesome. Kyle's got a connect group also, and all y'all fan club can join his group, apparently. Miss <laughs> Tasha. Help me live it, Keith Green. Oh, Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clean. Replace the lamp of my first love that burns with holy fear. I want to take your word and shine it all around. But first, help me just to live it, Lord. And when I'm doing well, help me to never seek a crown. For my reward is giving glory to you. Amen. It's awesome. Thanks, Tasha. Tasha is also leading a ladies group um, with, with Miss Nicole. People group. Just kidding. I was just um, totally kidding about that. There's 21 groups. It's hard to know what's going on. I'm proud of a lot of things that's happening in our church. Let me read you a couple more that I thought was, I'm not, I, I promise. I learned the Lord's Prayer when I was a kid, and the next prayer that I learned, this is no joke, uh, was by DMX. I think it was in 1999 that I memorized the prayer off his album, Let There Be X. Um, and me and my friends would walk down the street rapping the song, doing drugs, and um, praying to Jesus, saying things like this. I come to you hungry and tired. And you give me food and let me sleep. I come to you weak and you give me strength and that's deep. Plenty of times you sent me, you sent help my way, but I hid from you. And I remember once when you held me close, but I slid away. There's something, there was something that I just had to see, something that you wanted me to see so that I can be who you wanted me to be. That's DMX. I don't care what circle you're in, people are listening to you, and when our prayers go silent, what hope does the world have? Little four-year-old girl named Shauna prayed this, hey Jesus, I need a favor. My daddy needs to feel better. He wasn't feeling really good today. He was feeling good, but now he's not feeling very good. Please make him feel like he did before. You can do this. You're the only one I know that can do this. Thank you so very much. So many different lanes to prayer. There's so many different channels. There's so many different faiths. There's so many different passions. It's learning to intercede, learning to praise, learning to cry, learning to repent, learning to grieve, learning to intercede in warfare. There are so many different kinds of prayer that we have all fallen asleep on. I uh, like to complain about where America is currently, and I like to blame it on social media or on movies or on video games, or I don't know what you blame it on, maybe politics or this president or that president. But Billy Graham found a way to remind me that I'm wrong yet again. 
when he said, before America can get back up on its feet again, we first have to get down on our knees. In our faith, we believe that everything is connected to Jesus. Everything. Last week, I told you guys how proud of you I was. Um, we stuffed 95 book bags. More came in this week. We, um been doing awesome stuff with the kids' ministry and seeing people baptized and all those things are really great. But as your pastor, I have to apologize to you. Um, and so this feels weird, um, but I'm going to be weird because I am mostly weird and awkward. I repent to you guys. I've been in churches before where um, pastor would pass an offering plate, and if they didn't make enough money in the plate, they'd, they'd pass it around again. This week, we, did, we started 21 Days of Prayer. And the way that I saw this in my head was I saw about 60 people here on Saturday. But we had about 20. And while that would be great for most churches, the vision that God gave us for this house is not that. And so I apologize to you for belittling prayer or causing us to think that we can do this thing called church with anything less than extravagant prayer. If we don't pray, what, what power do we have? We must stay connected to Christ. You must stay connected to Christ. We need the Lord to move in our church or we're just having services. I can't say about the church down the street or whatever else, but if we don't make prayer what we do, what have we accomplished? When Jesus in judgment day said to the man who cast out devils and healed the sick, when he said, I, I don't know you, depart from me. We can be really great at our careers and learn a lot of wonderful things in the praise of men. But if we don't know the Lord, what, what did we do? I'm sorry. I asked you wrong this last week. There's a lot of churches that would love for you to just attend, but that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to make disciples. And I want you to know that prayer was difficult for even his disciples. Jesus came to his disciples and he said, will you not pray with me for an hour? And they couldn't. And you may not be able to. And that's okay. But it's not okay to not try. And it's not okay to be a dead church. And it's not okay to not know how to pray. There's a lot of things in life that I can say that I don't know how to do and that'd be okay. But prayer is not one of them. Because when your child has a 105 degree temperature in the middle of the night, you can't call me. You have to deposit into a bank that you can feel comfortable withdrawing from whenever you want. You not, may not be a great intercessor, but you need to be able to have confidence in that whom you're talking to and not shame, and not I'm sorry, God, that I didn't do what you asked me to do. When you get to prayer and it doesn't, it's not a great time of prayer, it happens to me. It happened to me this week. I spent a day here wondering if I was, anything was working, and I had some times here this week that were awesome. And you're going to have times that are boring, and you're going to have times of great passion. It's called relationship. 
Anyone that's married can confirm that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry that we have too many programs that's going on right now. You know what your church is doing right now? 21 days of prayer. Six o'clock in the morning, six o'clock at night. We're sending you notifications all day long if you turn your notifications on on your phone. We're gonna send prayers to you, give you prayer guides, do whatever we can. We're gonna try to figure out how to make sure that you know the Lord. That's why we exist. Fair? I beg you to come with me this week. I'll be here at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning on my day off. Not because it's my job, but because I want to know the Lord. And that's not work. That's my life. So God, I didn't do this in the first service, but I like to take and go over on time in the second service all the time. So teach us how to hunger for you, how to wait for you, how to build our life around you. I, I hate, Lord, that I'm aware that there are Muslims that will get down on their face three times a day and monks that will meditate for hours today. But you actually talk to us. Teach us to hunger for you, Lord. We repent. Your word says, if my people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and you'll forgive us of our sins, heal our land, Lord, we don't think the problem is out there. We take full blame that we're supposed to be the light of the world. Teach me to learn where that light comes from. In Jesus' name. Um, all right, so we're going to start the sermon now. Y'all cool with that? We're in a series called Parables, and uh, a parable is something that Jesus would explain it was a story designed for you to understand a place you've never been before. It's called heaven. He would explain the kingdom of heaven through an illustration to which people could understand, except mostly his illustrations don't make sense. So you have to lean in on it. And I'm going to tell you a story today that Jesus explains about prayer. It's quite frustrating for me as a, as a person. I don't like this story. There's a lot of stories that I don't like that Jesus shared. They convict me. And they require me to change my life. Does that make sense to everyone? This is going to be one of those life-changing stories that Jesus would explain. And I need three volunteers. And when you sit in the front row, you always volunteer yourself. So Sam, Vanessa, and Kyla, will you come up here real quick? Come on, somebody. All right. Love you guys. Three volunteers. You're selected to volunteer like in the Marine Corps, right? You're, there you go. You're voluntold. Come on, Marine. Sam, we're going to put you up here. You're going to represent Jesus, all right? Um, uh, Miss Vanessa, you're going to sit over here. And um, uh, Kyla, you're going to sit here, and I'm going to read you guys a story. You guys can follow along. We put the verses on this TV here. And um, would you all stand today for the reading of God's Word? 
Yeah, you can stand too for just a second and then sit back down. This is a, it's kind of like Catholic Church. We stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Here we go. I'm sorry, I'm always awkward. Uh, this is uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and he and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray, and one was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. Uh, the Pharisee, who stood by himself uh, and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not like that tax collector. Uh, I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. Uh, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not to even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you this, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would teach me about my heart and what's wrong inside of me that I don't see. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can have a seat. Uh, I want you to know that the Lord... um, He's really only after your heart. The Lord doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your time. He doesn't need any of those things. And um, with that being said, I'm going to tell you guys a quick joke here. Two guys walked into a church, right? Uh, Two guys walked into a bar. Ouch. But um, get it? They walked into a bar. No. All right. There's another one. There's another one. This reminds me of like a joke. Like this is like a bar joke, you know? It's because it's like two guys walked into a church. Uh, Two guys walked into a a bar, and this is like true young adults right now. But he says, uh, one guy looks over at his buddy, goes, "Hey man, you see that beautiful girl over there? Man, I, 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 I really want to ask her out again. I really want to go out with her again." And he goes, "You went out with that girl? She's really beautiful." He goes, "I don't said I went out with her. I just said I want to go out with her again." Like I, same time, anyway, this is not, this is, this is bad. All right, it, went, it, was, it was better in my head than, anyways. I'm just going to go to the, I'm better at preaching, I think, you know. Here we go. Uh, then Jesus told the story uh, to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness, right? Two men went to the temple to pray. Uh, while I thank you that you're here today, it is really awesome. It is really awesome that you're here because you want to know the Lord. Um, and so I want to give you uh, a, a glimpse into the, the, the man that you're praying to and the man that you want to know. He is the Lord. Samuel, today, you represent the Lord, all right? So, uh, so we're looking into Samuel here today. He's a beautiful man right back there. And um, anyways, um, two people, he's trying to give us uh, an understanding of what happens in our hearts. Now, oftentimes through a lot of Jesus' stories, he's really going to... Um, come after the the church um the sons and daughters really is what is what bothers him because we we have this nature of feeling entitled and being great within ourselves and we don't see it but it's there and it's subtle and it's wicked and it's awful and it's uh he despises it um like like gross like leave me alone kind of thing and it's hard because we as the elect really feel lovely to God and we feel so lovely, but it's important you understand that like there's things that we do as the church that is not beautiful to the Lord. 
Okay? So anyways, one guy, he says this. He says, God, I thank you. Well, I taught you guys that prayer last week. Before we always, before Jesus taught us you know, uh, how to pray, taught us where to pray, pray in your prayer closet, and then we always start off by thanking God, right? We want to get our eyes off our problems and onto the Lord. Well, this guy, this Pharisee is doing that. You're a Pharisee. I'm a Pharisee. We're all Pharisees. We all are people that know the word. If you know the word, you have a responsibility to share that word. That's what these, what these Pharisees do. Anyways, well, he says this. He says, two men went up to the, uh, he says, one Pharisee stood by himself. You're the Pharisee today. Okay. Sorry. Check. It means you're a really Christian. You know, it means like you're really, you're really good. You, you know a lot about Jesus. You know a lot about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and so anyways, I, uh, I have this problem because I am this guy. I have unintentionally done this. Let me show you. He says, I thank God that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, and adulterers. Let me just stop there. I've said that. I've said that this week. I thank God that I'm not where I used to be. I thank God that I don't do what I used to be. I thank God that I see growth in me. I, I am not cheating anymore. I am not stealing anymore. I'm not an adulteress anymore. God, you've done some great things in me. Anyone else grateful that you're not where you used to be? It's really wonderful. What happens in this passage, and it's important that you understand this, we're called to be saints. A saint is God's holy elect. You don't become a saint when you die. You're a saint right now. We are the saints. We're the, God's holy people. He's called you to be holy. You're not supposed to cheat, lie, steal, have affairs, all these other things. You're supposed to be God's holy people. This is the, this is the responsibility. And this guy's like, man, I thank God. I'm doing a pretty good job at that. Makes sense to me. Anyone else? And then he looks over at the guy next to him and he says, and I thank God that I'm not like this guy. And I got to be telling you, I've been in situations, unfortunately, where I have thanked God that I'm not in the same situation other people are in. Sometimes people are in a bad spot in their marriage. And I think, man, that's really terrible. I'm really glad that I'm not in that spot. I'm really glad that I'm not that idiot. I'm really glad that I didn't lie to my wife. I'm really glad that I didn't do that. They made a really terrible mistake, and that stinks. That person who's homeless, they really did a poor job managing their finances. And I thank God the Lord has learned me how to listen to my wife with my finances. Can I get a name in from someone else? All right. That's just the way I manage my finances. I do whatever she tells me to do, and it works out great for me. You know what I mean? And I thank God that I've not made the mistake that other people have made. I've trusted the Lord with my finances. I give. I put the Lord first, and things have worked out for me. Does that make sense? And I think sometimes in our life, we have unintentionally looked at other people and realized how far we've gotten. I'm just going to let that sit for a second. Well, and he said, I even fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. So I don't do these things and I don't do these things and I don't do these things and I don't do these things, but I do do, I do do, these things. I do tithe and I do fast. So he's saying, I've been praying. I've been not eating and praying. Man, that's pretty spiritual right there. He, and he says, I've been doing these things often. Church, I can tell you, man, I must be so much more spiritual than all of you guys. Every day this week, I spend at least an hour with God. I am so spiritual. And I just got to let you know, the Lord is not impressed with the amount of time that I spend before him. I don't get any more reward in heaven because I was so righteous or I did these things for the Lord. He's not, he's not impressed by that. He, he just wants me. Now, I could spend three hours in prayer 
or one minute. And realistically, what he's after is my heart. And I can spend three hours in prayer and not give my heart to him at all. Really, it's not about what I've done, but what he's calling me to do today. Now, the reason why I'm illustrating having you stand here is because Kyla loves Jesus. She just got baptized. And if she's not careful, she could be like, man, I got baptized. I'm serving Jesus now. I'm so not where I used to be. I'm doing great. I know where my friends are. I'm not where I am. I'm on the path to righteousness because I am doing righteous things. Here's the problem. You aren't righteous on your own. Prayer doesn't make me righteous. Jesus makes me righteous. And so when we get to this point where we can look at all the decisions that we don't do that don't make us unrighteous, but we can look at all the things that we think we're doing that make us righteous, we get to this weird balancing act. Christianity really is a complicated thing. It's so simple, yet it is complicated. Because the Lord does want you to give. And he does want you to pray. And he does want you to not do these things. But not doing those things... And doing these things are not what make you holy. He does. And so this Pharisee, great Christian person who's attending faithfully, and you are, man, you're doing great. I mean, I love it. I'm loving when you're here. Don't stop coming. She's not righteous because of her church attendance or her giving. And what the scripture says is that one of these two people, now, Kyla no, I'm sorry, you're Vanessa. You're not Kyle. You're, Kyle. you're Vanessa. So Vanessa um, is a liar, apparently, and a cheater, apparently, and a snake, apparently, you know, uh, an adulteress and, and, and rude to people. She's cheating. She's making, she's profiting off others. And yet one of these two left church today justified. None of us, if we knew these actions, would say she's in a good place. But the Lord has an ability to look at our hearts. Here's the problem. I think often we compare our righteousness with each other's. And I feel really good when I'm ahead of you. But I'm not supposed to be ahead of you. I'm supposed to be following him. And as often as I look at him, I don't know about you, but every time I get closer to the Lord, I realize, oh, dang, I got a long way to go yet. And I start getting into the holy spirit and the holy presence of God. And he starts revealing to me wickedness, like covetousness, greed, lie-based thinking. Like you aligned yourself saying that you identify as this uh, emotional trait or this character. Like, like, whoa, 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 I called you to be holy, pure, righteous, anointed, like a leader. Like, you can't be like, and, and oh, God, that's right, you're fixing me. And so what happens is some people come in recognizing, God, I need you. And some people, I've, look at where I am, God. I'm doing pretty good. Let me explain to you. Let's just a different situation. Let's just imply this is not a Jesus and two people. It's a relationship type of scenario. One person can have it all together. And the problem is you're not vulnerable when you've got it all together. But when you're broken, think about it in life. The best songwriters are broken people. People that find Jesus most radically 
are broken people. Why? Because you recognize I have need. Where are we as a church when we don't know how to ask somebody else to pray for me? Where are we as a church when we don't think we need a connect group? Where are we as a church when you think that as, like, you're, there's no job that you're ever going to have where you don't need your employers. You don't need your boss. You don't need employees. You don't need your spouse. Like, you will never get to the place where you have arrived where you don't need others. This is a lie from the pit of hell. That's why I believe wholeheartedly that you will grow so much more in a connect group with people than you will on a Sunday morning. We want to see people grow, but we will grow more in a circle because you were designed to need people. But the American culture wants to put the world on your back and you prove that you don't need anyone. You're self-sufficient. And let me just tell you, you're an idiot. When you get, when you buy into that concept and you don't need anyone, you're not going to have a happy marriage. You're not going to have a happy career. You're not because your selfishness is breeding on the inside of you. You were designed to have need. Does this make sense? Hey, you guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, she's like, so please don't ever sit in the front row. Just don't do it. I love you. You're the best. Awesome. Gil, would you come? Um, I fast twice a week, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes, and he prayed. He beat his chest in sorrow and said, Oh God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. And I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, went home justified before God. It doesn't make sense. And I don't really like that Christianity. Let me just tell you this. Um, I'll let you go first, and then I'll, I'll do this. No, 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 let me go first. Let me go first. Um, this isn't like a one-off story. Think about it like this. Jesus illustrated this with one of his last three sentences on earth. He's hanging on the cross, and he looks over at a thief and grants him eternal life. When the Pharisees that put him there and all the other people, like, he looked at a thief. And let me make sure you understand this. The thief didn't know, like, the creed of Christ. Like, they didn't understand, like, like I wonder if, if when he got to heaven if he was able to look at St. Peter and be like, you know, Peter, I know how I got here. I got here because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I understood that the Lamb of God had to be slain before the foundations of the earth, and the precious blood of the Lamb covers my iniquities. And He didn't. The thief on the cross looked over at the guy next to him and just said, I've never known a love like that, but I wish I can. Can I be like you? Like, you, you are kind and good, and I am not. He recognized holiness and saw in himself lack. And Jesus offered him eternal life. And I think what happens is when we look inside us and see all of the glorious things. Now, the beautiful thing is the way community works. is people around you should be telling you that you're awesome. You should be seeing in yourself, you know what, God, I'm still working on me. And I think when the Lord looks down at me, he says that I'm beautiful. But the Holy Spirit says, hey, we got some work to do, but <laughs> does that make sense? I hope this is good. Go ahead, bro. Gil. I'm just kidding. Sit down. No, 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 no. Don't. Come on. <laughs> Gil is, yeah. Go ahead, bro. Very good. Good morning, everyone. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Gil. My wife is Yanni. She was in the first service, uh, but uh, she, she's home now, uh, probably uh, watching me online. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, 
you know, I I, uh, I think about the the parable, and uh, I have to say that I I I was, and and uh, and sometimes I am the the Pharisee. Uh, I I grew up in church, uh, pre- preacher's kid. I tried to do everything everything right, and uh, you know, do the good things. But uh, the the Lord was not really in my heart. Uh, for me, it was you know more religious activity and knowing, you know, some things in the Bible and trying to check the box. Uh, I mentioned this morning that, uh, you know, I used to go out, get crazy on Saturdays and come in Sunday and tip the Lord uh, when the plate uh, passed by and think I'm I'm great. Uh, but I was very, <clears throat> very far from the Lord. And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, <clears throat> we got to a point where uh, life uh, comes at you hard, and uh, you know you you think uh, you're you're invincible, but uh, but the Lord uh, manages to to bring you close to Him, and uh, to the point that uh, I was like the tax collector where I needed I needed the Lord, and uh, you know when um, my wife and I we were dating at the time, we decided to. To get married, uh, you know, it was very challenging for us uh, because we had uh, different backgrounds. But at that point, uh, we started to, uh, uh, you know, getting deep into uh, the Word and studying together. And uh, we realized that we needed the Lord. And we rededicated our lives uh, to Jesus. And, uh, you know, and it has been uh, uh, amazing uh, ever since our relationship uh, with him. But one of the... One of the areas that we realize that we always need the Lord constantly is in our marriage. Uh, so now that we're talking about connect groups, uh, we are going to be hosting uh, a married couples uh, connect group. It's going to be on Tuesdays. And the goal is to to uh, share life together, support each other. We're going to be praying uh, for for everything, you know, in, in, in our lives and uh, for the church. Uh, we're also going to be following a curriculum by uh, Family Life. It's called The Art of Marriage. Uh, it has been very, very helpful helpful uh, for us. And, uh, you know, that this is something that is allowing us to grow in the Lord uh, day by day. And as we, as we recognize uh, our need uh, for, for Jesus, uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, uh, this is something that we can uh, share uh, with our with our church family, with those that don't uh, know the Lord. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're really happy to to be doing this, and uh, you know, we 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 hope uh, that we can see uh, transformed uh, marriages in the name of Jesus. is one of the elders of our church. Uh, he's been someone that's just been very consistent in my life over the last four years. Uh, he lived in Virginia for a long time, and would he'd call me weekly. Hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, how can I? And it was like he just believed in me and wouldn't allow me to just give him a surface answer. You ever, you have a friend like that that's, that knows the real you that won't like let you be surface, you know? And he's like, hey, man, how you really doing? How you really doing? How you really doing? And uh, he's just someone that it's odd because I see him as someone who is very successful in his career. I mean, engineer, like 
life is like crazy. Yet he has found a way to be so humble and very much in need of Christ and in need of church and in need of fellowship. And um, you champion the right heart. Like, I don't know how you can do both, but you, you've done it. And um, so I, I want you to get with him. I guess it's time when we bring this to a close. Um, it's, it's hard because what we want you to do as a church, we want you to learn generosity and we want you to learn prayer. But as you're learning those things, we don't want you to develop a confidence in what you're doing, but rather in what he's doing. And the enemy can kind of trick you into a scenario where you, you're great. You're, I mean, you're doing so, so good. And what's really important is to recognize where your strength comes from. Lord, you're doing great things in me. And I'm so thankful that when I realize again and again that he hasn't given up on me. And he's been faithful and he's been graceful because it, it's hard then when I forget the grace that he's given me I realize it's in those moments that I don't give grace to others and I look down on them rather than seeing them the way he sees me and building them up. So anyways, let me say it this way. We have a lot of things going on in our church right now. We're starting connect groups next week. We're doing 14 days of prayer starting today. On the app, we have devotional links. You can do devotions with us. We have prayer at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. We're going to meet here on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We have live worship. There will be at least 60 of us. Can I get an amen here? I don't know why I'm believing for that number, but here's what the problem. I know that you need rest. So do I. And I, you got one day to sleep in. I get it. Everything that he gave for me, he is worthy of whatever I can give for him. Here's the, here's the real. There comes a point in Christianity when you realize that you're either a consumer or a contributor. And a consumer mindset says, hey, Lord, I've done these things. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this for me. And there's a point where you recognize, hey, Lord, I want to do this for you. And it starts in the altar. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, says this is the apostles fasted and prayed and ministered to the Lord. Imagine you can minister to Christ. That blows my mind. You can bring him something that brings him joy. And oftentimes, I don't know what the heck that is. I will have to figure that out in another message, but I'm thankful that I know it's possible. Can I, all right, anyways. I always say weird jokes at the wrong times. Uh, links, uh, and I also want to remind you that while we're asking you to come pray with us, you don't have to. Um, you can pray anywhere you want. God says that he'll be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. You don't have to do what your pastor's asking you to do. Chances are the Lord's asking you to do something different or more than what I'm asking you to do. Um, 